Hi, this is The Rocker Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows. And I'm Bobby Snyder. And we are here today with Lesson 13 on peace. Peace? Peace, brother? Is <laughs> the, the Overcoming Trauma book. If you want this book, it's on, on AmazonBooks.com under Angie G. Meadows. So the love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love yourself your neighbor as yourself. Luke ten twenty seven. Hmm. <laughs> We're fighting over the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. The problem with maintaining peace, which we're not having much of right now, <laughs> is that we shift our focus onto people, possessions, or positions to do for us what only God can do. Whoa. Read that again. The problem with maintaining peace is that we shift our focus onto people, possessions, or positions to do for us what only God can do. Wow. If we expect someone or something else to meet our inner needs, this is idolatry. Idolatry always leaves us empty and anxious. So if I'm empty and anxious, I need to look at what I have elevated above my peace. Soon we're full of exaggerated emotions. For example, if I expect my spouse to meet all my needs, and he or she, of course, is not able to do this, I'm likely to throw him or her off the throne of my heart and step <laughs> on and, and crush him. I'm, I'm wow. sick of you. <laughs> they were never meant to be on that throne anyway. It's a place reserved for God. Amen. There's no spouse, mate, child, church, job, career, education, house, ministry, etc. that can ever rule my heart with peace. Only God can do that. First, let's look at unity that can result in peace. Next, some obstacles to finding lasting peace. And finally, we'll learn how to respond to attacks and find lasting peace through the Holy Spirit. Mm. <laughs> lasting peace only comes from fellowship with God. I like stuff that sticks. <laughs> so I want, I want to make sure that you know that God is peace. Uh, God is love. God is peace. Uh, in Romans 14, it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. So if I have joy and peace, and of course, righteousness is his coat upon me to, you know, that he's covering my sins with his righteousness. And if I found joy and peace, I found God. So if you don't have joy and you don't have peace, then you need to keep searching for God because it's deeper. It's richer. Okay, unity that results in peace. This is the lesson. We've got six things here. Number one, the Lord Jesus prays for us to be in one accord with him and the Father and each other. I pray that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be as we are one. John 17, 20 to 22. I think that's really cool that we can be one with the Lord. So when I sit and meditate, I imagine myself little and right inside of the Lord so that I can feel protected and I can feel safe. And as I do that, it's like my heart unites with his and I feel my heart burn. It's really cool. <laughs> it took me a long time to really grasp the, the whole Trinity idea, really, that, that God and, and was the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yes. Um, and one thing that helped me when I first started, and I know it, it maybe seem a little, a little, I don't know, a little off, but I'm really not the religious consultant here on this show. Um, 
but someone told me to look at, at water. Uh, water comes in three things. It's, it's water, it can be ice, and it can be steam, but it's all water, and mm-hmm. it's all the same. And mm-hmm. they said, if I can wrap my head around that idea, then I can wrap my head around the idea of Trinity. That's right. Okay, so let's go for number two. Pray to have like-minded friends. And then my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and purpose. That's Philippians 2.2. 2. Intentionally look around and find people who are seeking the Lord and need support and encouragement. You know, I used to be really, um, I'd go into churches and leadership would, it would intimidate me. I, I would feel like I needed their approval. I needed their affirmation. I needed their friendship. Because I, I didn't feel like I had gotten that. I didn't feel like I'd gotten that validation as a child. And so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm just constantly afraid of the authority in church, afraid that I'm going to disappoint them. And I feel like the, what the Lord was saying, go and give them what you need. You give them the support that you need. You give them the encouragement that you need. You go in as an equal and not as a child that still needs to grow up, that still needs to be parented. Instead, you go in as an adult and just love them. And man, that changed my whole outlook. Um, I can relate to that a lot. With um, Christian authority, where I could just go in and just not expect them to be, to feel that loss and that emptiness in my heart, but instead go and give them what it was I needed. So number three says, walk with those in the light and not in darkness. But if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus. His son purifies us from all sin, 1 John 1, 7, 1, 7. So I want you to know that as you start doing what's right, as you start walking with the Lord, it ain't going to be that there is no darkness. It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be peaches and cream. It's it's going to be struggles. It's going to be persecutions. It's going to be trials and tribulations. But I want you to know that as you don't agree with it and as you understand that it's working in you a greater glory now you can embrace the light that's going to be coming from it so number four unity among family friends churches and co-workers is pleasant how good and pleasant is it it is when brothers dwell in unity, Psalm 133, 1. Yeah, so find friends that that like you enough to let you have your own opinion and respect your boundaries and still like you anyway with all your little quirks and craziness. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, number, <laughs> number five. Learn to be spiritually minded. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Romans 8, 6. So if I'm always um, down on myself, if I'm always into the negative, if I'm complaining and grumbling and whining, I'm literally in a spirit of death. So instead, I want to know that I have indulged that thinking and now it has grown stronger and taken over. And instead, I want to start reprogramming that and start speaking life and peace to myself and not that death. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, and a lot of times when, we're, when they're coming out of addiction, they don't have anything but death and death thoughts and, and shame and guilt and condemnation, and I don't think that's of the Lord. No, it takes a while to, to, to try to, I mean, we're, we're such a mess when we first come into recovery that right. we're afraid of rejection and we're, we're afraid to open up. We don't trust anybody because of the atmosphere that we just came out of. So uh, these are all great things to pay attention to. Okay, number six. We are justified through faith and have peace with God by grace. 
Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Romans 5, 1 through 2. So there's two words here. There's faith and there's grace. And then a whole bunch in between. Yeah, so there's faith that's bigger than me. I mean, you know, God, give me faith. Help me believe. uh, Correct my own belief. And and just to receive the grace of God. So when things are going uh, wrong and I'm really struggling with that anxiety, that fear, I have resisted the grace of God. I have not allowed it to form in me ability to have peace, to walk with him, and to, and to grow my faith. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, so let's look at the obstacles to lasting peace. Now you're going to tell me there's things that are going to get in my way. There are things getting in our way to have this peace, yes. No Number fair. one. <laughs> it does not matter how many people agree with you. If you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Wow. I'm not wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Through though 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 hand and though hand join in hand the wicked shall not be unpunished <laughs> Proverbs eleven twenty one <laughs> the, uh, number two <laughs> seek out advice look for your pride if you are quarreling or contentious pride only breeds quarrels but wisdom is found in those who take advice Proverbs thirteen ten now when I realized that every time I was contentious I was prideful uh, it. And I had been I had been reading a, a book by Andrew Murray on humility, and it, it has 30 lessons in it. And I had read it every year, year after year after year. The first year, I thought, "Ha, huh, I'm the most humble person I know." <laughs> <laughs> we used to ask that question on an application to be a peer mentor. Yeah, the second, How do you rank your humility? Yeah, the second one, I it was a trick question. Yeah, this, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> the second year I read it, I thought, "Hmm." Look at all that pride in the church. Because, <laughs> you know, I saw all this quarreling and contention in the church. The third year I read it, I thought, now I probably I probably need to look at my pride. Because I could start picking up on my quarreling, my contentions, my bossiness, my whining. And, and then the fourth year, there's a prayer at the back of it that says, God, rip this monster of pride out of me and and it it told you to get on your face for 30 days and ask god to remove the pride from you and to give you the spirit of humility and i started writing i spent hundreds of hours studying pride studying humility and all of its synonyms and i started realizing that the garment of christ was humility and as i put on that garment of humility and i corrected myself over and over and over again of course i have to go back and do this every year and do a refresh and a recalibration but as i started correcting myself and purposing to walk in humility all of a sudden the lord brought one soul one hungry soul another hungry soul and i was leading people to the lord left and right and i hadn't led anyone to the lord in 20 years how crazy is that but there was just this thing about about um rejecting my pride and taking on the garment of christ of humility that really brought uh souls to me in a mighty way number three the Lord does not bless self-promotion. Let us build us a city and a tower. Let us make a name for ourselves. So the Lord scattered them. <laughs> <laughs> Genesis 11, 4 through 8. That's the Tower of Babel, isn't it? Yeah. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> yep, it is. Tower of Babel. Uh, number four. A, a talebearer or gossip will not have peace. 
A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. Proverbs 11.13 Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Proverbs 26.20 The words of a table-bearer are as wounds, as they go down into the innermost places of the belly. Proverbs 26.22 Instructions Avoid a man that talks too much. Proverbs 20.19 So the words of a tale-bearer, which means a gossiper, will cause wounds. It'll cause him wounds. It'll cause wounds to other people. You'll break the confidence. You'll not be trustworthy. It, it, it will continue to stir a stinky pot. So my mother always said, if the pot stinks, don't stir it. <laughs> There's a line in, in one of our textbooks that... Uh, says that gossip barbed with anger um, was really just a polite form of character assassination. Wow. And uh, that, that's one thing I've, that's really stuck out from our literature for a long time. So in order for me, because I was bad, I mean, I was really bad 30 years ago about this gossip and tale, but I couldn't keep my mouth shut no matter what. You know, I was just this anxious little mess and rattling all the time. So this number five was what the Lord gave me to correct myself. He says, do not be a meddler or a busybody. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal, even as a meddler or a busybody. First Peter 4.15. So I realized that being my little busybody, gossiping and slandering was as bad as being a murderer or a thief and a criminal as far as taking my peace. Yeah, we always say just stay in your own lane. That's right. Stay in your lane. Clean up your side of the street, right? Yeah. All right, number six. Don't be conceited and think you're better than others. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Romans 12, 16. So we have to pray to recognize our pride and pray to recognize our conceit and those things that are gossip, our slander. You know, with gossip and slander, my advice is if I'm not part of the problem, if I'm not part of the solution, then I don't need to be listening to this. But a lot of people will come to me with things because they want counsel. And they'll come to me out of a genuine heart to know what to do. And that's different. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. It's totally different. So there are times that you need to go to trusted people and say, hey, this is going on and I just don't know what to do. And get wise counsel. It's all about accountability. And that's not. But, but, and it's also about the heart motive where I'm not going to tear down the person. But I'm just going and stating facts and then maybe saying how I feel about it or how it made me feel. But I don't want to cast a shadow over them and make other people mistreat them and not love them. You know what I mean? Well, sure. And, and a lot of times, like your incidents with the church, um, those things that we see in others are really things that we have ourselves. Amen. Spot I, it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I needed I needed to give encouragement. I didn't need to be standing there wringing my hands saying, okay, I'm not going to be able to survive if I don't get the encouragement here. I need to know that they need my encouragement, and I'm here to serve as much as I am here to receive from the Lord. Sure. So response to false accusers. There's two of these. Number one. The first one is, how did Stephen respond to a gang attacking him in one accord? Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. Acts 7:57. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Acts 7, 59 to 60. So he was, he was relinquishing them from their offense against him as he was dying. 
<laughs> and I think that that's what the old martyrs did that were being burned at the stake. They were saying, you know, Ben Huss and them, they were saying, don't hold this to their account, Lord. Receive me and forgive them. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. And I believe that that's powerful. You know, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So if there's somebody that just keeps hurting you over and over and over again, I want you to set up good, strong boundaries, but I want you to ask the Lord to forgive them and understand that they just don't know what they're doing. Absolutely. Okay, number two. How did Jesus respond to his crucifixion? When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And then they divided his clothes by casting lots. Yes, and that's in Luke, Luke 23, 23, 33 to 44, so I want you which we were just talking about. Yeah, so I want you to recognize what wound or offense is robbing your peace. Because inventory, inventory. Yes, if you don't have your peace, something you, it, you've given it away somewhere. So figure out where you gave it away. Where, figure out where it's hiding. Okay, so the application, Bobby. Sometimes there's nothing to do with evil than to forget it. Forgive it. Forgive it. <laughs> Forgive it. Yeah. Jesus made the first move to show us spiritual maturity through righteousness and peace. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. I love wow. that verse. So if I was uh, being Christ-like and people were mistreating me, I would forgive them. And while they were still sinners, I would forgive them. I would bear that burden of their sin. I would not give them access to me, nor would I give them permission to come back and run over me like a doormat. I would put up a lot of boundaries. I may go back about once a month and say, hey, you're ready for, for rehab. Hey, you're ready to, um, you know, change here or there. You know, but I'm all or nothing is not of the Lord. So if you have addicts in your life that you have just totally sworn them off and said, I am never speaking to them again. I want you to rethink this. All or nothing is not of God. Instead, I want you to, I want you to have firm, strong boundaries. Maybe go in with two of you, especially if you're so, if it messes you up so much when you go back that you can't uh, stand to watch them suffer. So you're trying to fix it, which is not in your power to do. But I want you to go back, you know, find them when they're in the streets, find them when they're at the uh, the uh, higher level of rehab and you're allowed to make a phone call with them or you're allowed to to step in just a little bit and maybe give them a, a very little I never I never give them cash uh, I just don't I, I give it to responsible people that will help them get their needs met or I give it um, to the place where they need it to go but I don't give it to them does that make sense absolutely I was responded good with chocolate <laughs> <laughs> I used to always send my loved one a pillow, and he'd be like, "Thanks, mom." You don't know what that's a good idea. You don't know what that pillow meant to me. That pillow was amazing. Yeah, the pillows they dish out aren't are top notch. Yeah, no, they're not. I know the expense and crude all by all that stuff now. So, so if Christ died for me, man, I could die emotionally to my need to have them perfect and right and and standing up and doing what I think they need to be doing and I I need to realize that this is their path and that it's okay you know that doesn't mean that they might not die in this but it's beyond me to save them and I need to understand that that's not my job to save them it's my job just to love them right where they're at and to carry my peace to work on my recovery as an enabler and as I work on my recovery then I'll show them the way and they'll start working on theirs because our sicknesses are the same. They're both out of wounds. Right. 
you know, whether I'm an enabler or an addict, it's both uh, a deep wound, a, a need to uh, control, uh, fix, manage, and control, right? Understand that Jesus is peace, and he gives peace to believers. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. John fourteen twenty seven. You know, Bobby, I had to say that one to myself a thousand times. Do, do not, not be, be afraid. afraid. Do not, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. And when I'd throw myself in my prayer closet and I'd be like, oh God, now what do I do? I'd hear this voice. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. And there was a time that I finally, you know, because my loved one was in addiction for decades. I mean, it just wasn't something little. Um, And he had maybe over several decades, two and a half decades, maybe 12 months 15 months of sobriety (laughs) and it just it just went round and round and round and so of course I I had a lot of troubled heart a lot of sleepless nights and as I wrestled with this and just realized that I had to separate my peace and I had to get to hold my peace no matter what was going on with him then I could go back as a strong mature woman and bring him out uh, here it is, honey. Here it is. When you're ready, let me know. And you know, he wasn't ready for another decade. Yeah. Another decade. So there was a second decade that I could have sat there crying, wringing my hands, got up, painted the kitchen at 2 a.m. because I couldn't control anything else other than whether or not my kitchen was painted and my baseboards were cleaned. <laughs> That's all I can control. I can control whether he lived or died. So what I did is I laid him on the altar and I said, Lord, whatever pleases you. Amen. Whether it's to lay him in the grave, if that's the way you want to honor and glorify your name, then so be it. But if it pleases you to raise him up and to serve you and to live for you, then so be that. And I had to just, I had to let go of it, 100% let go of it. And every time I picked it up, I started suffering again. And so I had to let go of it again. Hanging out with you has got me to really understand more about the, all the all the crap I put my family through. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. For real, because I was the one that was on the other side of all of this wow. uh, for, for decades um, and would put together periods of sobriety. The, the light was coming on and it looked good and all that things. And then I would tear it all down once mm-hmm. again. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I can see, I have a, a clearer vision of what the heartbreak was uh by knowing you so it gives wow. me empathy and it makes me you know it makes me love loving you makes me love my parents even better wow so you've been a great catalyst well now let's look at this it says he did not come to bring peace between unrighteousness and righteousness and do not suppose that i have come to bring peace to the earth i did not come to bring peace but a sword For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Matthew 10, 34 through 36. So it was okay to let him go. It was okay to let him be my enemy as he was walking in that darkness and rejecting all help and even threatening to kill me when I didn't help him. It was okay to turn my back for moments Uh, to reconnect with the Lord, to start maturing, to get stronger so that when I went back, I was not emotionally a wreck for a week, but I could move in and move out real quick. So the principle here is walking in peace is my responsibility. Responsibility is a big thing for us in recovery. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't turn my peace over to somebody else, particularly somebody in active addiction. It's time to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to do my growing up first before he could ever start doing his. So conclusion. 
Believers have opportunity to live supernaturally in the power of the Holy Spirit to be overcomers. For the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, mm. and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. There it is. Here are the comforting words of Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I, I have, have overcome, overcome the, the world. world. John 14, mm. 27. Do what is right, walk in peace, and hold on to your joy. So I don't care where you come from. I don't care how bad it was. You shake that off. This is a new day. All of that's behind you. Your sins is as far as the east is from the west. The Lord remembers them no more. You get up and you embrace your peace. It is your inheritance. And I don't want you to abide in death. I don't want you to abide in the darkness of the past. If you've got one day of recovery, you shake that off and you you hold on to that peace and you 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 reach for that joy and it's coming it's coming these comforting words of jesus he says take heart i have overcome the world and you can overcome the world through me and this is your path to christ so don't beat yourself up anymore just get up and do the next right thing so the blessing i want to pray over you is may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit and that's Romans 15, 13. So if I don't know what to do, I just take a verse and turn it around and pray it. So, Lord, teach me to bless others and not to curse. Teach me to walk in the shoes of peace and to guard my peace like the blessed treasure that it is. Bless me, O Lord. Bless me with the everlasting peace. I just pray this and amen and amen. Amen. <laughs> so we hope that you find your peace. We hope that you stop agreeing with despair and discouragement and that you, you look at what problem that you have raised higher than the, the, the God that is available to you, the God of joy and peace. And I want you to just, just continue to press into that, to surrender over and over again. I don't know what you're doing, Lord, but I trust you. I don't trust you right now, but I want you to help me trust you more. And you just keep walking in it. And this is The Rocker Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows. And I'm Bobby Snyder. <laughs> and we'll see you again next time. Peace out. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I've been waiting for a whole uh, half hour to say that. <laughs> Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> Bye, guys.